Dr. Mark Malone from Advanced Pain Care on how the spinal cord stimulator blocks pain signals, bringing patients relief at last. And we're able to tune this device to mimic that frequency and essentially block it. I've seen people shed tears of joy in the recovery room when they wake up from their light anesthesia and we turn this device on and they realize their back pain is gone. They cry for joy. Advanced Pain Care at 512-244-4272 or austinpaindoctor.com. The Todd and Oz Show is live. Get in on the conversation at 512-836-0590. Now, here are Todd and Oz. 903 here on the Todd and Oz Show. You can join us, too, at 512-836-0590. Listen, uh, several Republicans speaking out against that, uh, that border deal that was unveiled earlier this morning and overnight. Yeah, the state of Texas continues to pull, uh, well, put border barriers in place along the southern border with Texas Governor Greg Abbott, uh, you know, uh, defying a Supreme Court order to allow federal agents to take the razor wire down. Arkansas Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders on Fox just a few minutes ago. Texas leading the charge. They own 66% of our country's border, and they are putting the needed resources on the border to help protect, protect our country. And other governors are coming in and helping back fill with those resources and efforts and we're going to continue to do that because our country cannot be safe if we don't have a secure border there you go sarah huckabee sanders on fox uh, earlier this morning uh and let, let's squeeze in some calls let's uh let's see is it uh, daniel on mopac good morning daniel hello hey guys can you hear me loud and clear go right ahead awesome so i just kind of tried to and mentioned that there was that cbs uh, news piece about like the, the Chinese woman who had come across and it was you know it kind of sounded like sort of a little bit of a pub piece um, which was interesting last night I had watched an interview with uh, uh, kind of a famous scientist Brett Weinstein who was on Tucker's new show yep. uh, and talked about actually going to the Durian Pass uh, in, down in South America where they had seen kind of a mix of everything but the thing that was notable that he talked about was uh, the Chinese migrants that were coming through were actually getting taken through on boats, uh, whereas you saw a lot of people that were coming out of, you know, uh, Colombia, you know, sort of South America, and, and a lot of even some of the African migrants that were actually going through this extremely dangerous path, uh, you know, with the help of coyotes and things like that, where a lot of the danger is. A lot of the supposed Chinese migrants were basically getting taken on boats to avoid this area, meaning that they had more money than a lot of these other migrants to get through this. And when they had tried to speak to some of them, they were extremely uh, defensive and really didn't want to talk about why they were going up there. And uh, he thought it kind of troubling and concerning. Uh, And it kind of is in stark contrast to what, you know, the mainstream was saying. The other thing that he noted was that there was no there's no news down there like looking at this except for maybe some independent you know sort of the, the new yeah. media types no, 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 you're right. Uh, I know the interview you're talking about with Weinstein and Tucker on Tucker's show is incredibly compelling, really. I mean, talking about the demographics of other nations, the economy in China is plummeting. They're they're dealing with the uh, the one child policy. You know, the effects of having a, a bunch yeah. of adult men only. Yep. And uh, and they've got a serious problem with that. So, uh, you know, the population collapse, if you will. Yeah. Thank you, Daniel. Appreciate that. Uh, let me see. Is it? Uh, uh, James in South Austin. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, I just wanted to share a little perspective on China as well. I spent some time there in 2017, 
and it's hard for us to understand what their viewpoint is. They don't believe that Tiananmen Square happened. They're, for the most part, not unhappy with their government, and it's just it's bizarre when you're there to, have, to see the media blackout. Nothing happens in China, no information, no uh, thought or anything without the CCP controlling it. And, you know, to the point, this immigration that's happening, the CCP is definitely letting that happen. In fact, they have promotional videos that uh, mm. Brett showed on, on a podcast that he did where they're showing them how to make the trek. So mm -hmm. that and, you know, during COVID, all those images we saw come out that supposedly are, you know, they don't want us to see. That's definitely sanctioned by the government. And I think we just don't understand how controlled it is. It was amazing to see. No, no, no. There's there's no doubt that there is some uh, government-sponsored illegal immigration happening. There's, Absolutely. There's no doubt about it in all of these countries, too. Let's, uh, let's don't just single out China here. I'm pretty sure that uh, the the bank is broken in Venezuela, right? Think about this. You run Venezuela. You're the president of Venezuela, and uh, your country's crumbling. You obviously cannot afford uh, to run a prison, right? You can't afford to run a prison. Yeah. So, therefore, you may want to let those guys out of prison and say, okay, we're going to let you out, but you got to start moving towards America. Yeah. Start yeah. walking. Well, and and you know the uh, the New York Times had an article on, on this issue, uh, basically accusing Donald Trump of pushing out a conspiracy theory that the Chinese Communist Party is is actually encouraging illegal immigration. And he was asked, and he said, "Look, the heads of these countries are smart. A lot of times, they're not sending the people that are doing the great jobs. You know, they're sending the people that, for the most part, they don't want. You know, they're encouraging those kinds of people to illegally go ahead and just immigrate." Uh, I have a pretty good idea that China could stop it, right? Absolutely, they could. Yeah, which means they're not, and here they come, right? All right, they're facilitating it. Let's see, uh, Mike and Burnett this morning. Hey, Mike. Morning, guys. Hey, yes. this bill needs to be dead on arrival. Reason being is, is because Joe Biden knows that if he doesn't enforce the laws, then he can come back and get some laws passed that will benefit him, benefit the illegals, and drain us dry. Uh, it's so bad. It's a, and I don't want any Republicans voting for this. Yeah. I don't either. No, I hear what you're saying, and 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 a couple of texters had pointed this out. You know, we 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 were blasting Catholic charities and a bunch of NGOs and, and others that uh, the UN that are kind of sponsoring all of this and providing aid and things like that to to get here. But if you think about it, the American government is sponsoring it as well. Mm -hmm. New York City is going to be giving out credit cards. Yeah, yeah, they're going to be doing the uh, the the city of Chicago. Uh, you know, it, it. I mean, yeah, it's it's. The, the the U.S. government is absolutely facilitating and sponsoring it all, mm. uh, but you know. But I'm with him when you know he says that this is a, a horrible bill. I, to me, what this really this bill really is a sixty billion dollar Ukraine welfare package, mm. where we get a, we get a, you know some of the shreds so we can beef up immigration judges and things like that, so we can process more people through. That's all it is. There's no there's no security in this border security bill whatsoever. Fourteen million for Israel, they don't need it. Ten million for Gaza. All right, so now we're so we're funding both sides of the Israel-Gaza war in this thing as well. I, I thought it was pretty interesting that caller we had earlier this morning that Republicans will probably agree with this as kind of a preemptive measure to control Donald Trump mm. if he were to become president again. That would and, make sense. And the polls are leaning in that direction, right? Yeah. Several texters this morning say it appears that Democrats have partnered with the rhinos uh, basically to get this done, get this deal through as a hurdle for Donald Trump if he becomes president. Mm. Well, you know, I, they, they, they certainly, 
that that certainly is 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 very possible. There are a lot of people in, in the Republican Party that do not like Donald Trump. Well, this fight continues over immigration and border security bill as uh, House Speaker Mike Johnson calls uh, the latest draft of this bipartisan group uh, senators uh, dead on arrival. Uh, House uh, Republican uh, Oklahoma member uh, James Langford he helped draft this bill. And uh, here's what he, he defended it on Fox this morning. The key aspect of this, again, is are we as Republicans going to have press conferences and complain the border's bad and then intentionally leave it open? After the worst month in American history in December, now we've got to actually determine, are we going to just complain about things or are we going to actually address and to change as many things as we can? Yeah, Joe Biden urged Congress to pass the bill in question, which, uh, among other provisions, gives him the authority to Bar future asylum seekers if uh, the migrant encounters at the border uh, remain high uh, from a, you know for an extended period of time, and we ran through the numbers this morning. Right, right. So you get yeah five five thousand up to eighty five five thousand over a course of seven a uh, seven calendar days. All right. So if, if you got seven calendar days at five thousand each day, yes, then uh, then then the president could shut it down. He could shut it down for a day, or or whatever it took. Yeah, I mean, probably would be just a day. Right, but. It could also be triggered up to 8,500 in one single day, one single calendar day. 8,500. It, it, it could be as many as 8,500 a day. That's almost $4 million a year. Yeah, so let's just say worst-case scenario, it was 8,500 a day the whole year. That's $3.1 million. And then you've got 5,000, that's $1.8 million. Either way, it's an, it's an incredible financial burden. And on top of all of that, you know, they also their immediate work permits for illegals and taxpayer-funded lawyers for illegals and uh, preventing minors from being deported, Biden could Biden could waive this shutdown clause at any point as well. There's a, they've they've got an exit clause in this. Yeah, you know they could just waive the whole emergency thing altogether and 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 forget about it. Yeah, it, it, it appears that there's no difference between Democrats and Republicans anymore when it comes to border issues. Night eighteen here on the Tatanaz Show. Squeeze in uh, Damon checking in from San Marcos this morning. Damon, what's on your mind? Good morning. Yeah. Um, I just, uh, I'm kind of scratching my head. It seems so strange that we have to, uh, you know, use use our political capital to try to get the Democrats to fix this problem. Uh, you know, it's uh, your, your house is on fire and you've got to pay the fire department to come put it out. Mm. I mean, regardless of who created this problem, there's a really serious recognizable issue and we're having to tie this in with bills for aid to other countries and billions of dollars to just fix this problem. I kind of side with Trump on this. It's a terrible deal. Don't, don't do it. Make them lay in the bed that they made. Yeah. It's a horrible deal. Donald Trump. I mean, he, he put out that statement on truth social, uh, you know, about saying that, that, you know, anybody who votes for this would be ashamed of themselves. Elon Musk is calling out Joe Biden over this whole thing, too, saying this, this is all by design. He, he says he's letting millions of people come in here on purpose so Democrats can permanently stay in power. Uh, looking here at the ICE numbers for, for fiscal year 23 show the number of Ill- illegal immigrants on the non-detained docket has gone from 3.7 million in fiscal year 21 to 6.2 million in fiscal year 23. And he says that explains, Musk says that explains why there's so few deportations as every deportation is a lost vote. Yeah. And I, I you know, and I agree, you know, you, you let as many in as possible, you legalize them, create a permanent majority and you got a one party state. It, it appears that there's uh, enough Republicans that agree with those Democrats. It, it appears there's enough Republicans 
that are uh, still uh, trying to resist, uh, you know, Donald Trump on this front. Yeah. Right? Very much so. It, it, it appears we have rhinos that feel that Donald Trump is the Nazi that we need to keep out of office, mm -hmm. just like, uh, you know, the Democrat Party does. Yeah, that's right. Do they know something about Donald Trump that they're not revealing to the public? Because they're willing to break laws and lie to the American people to keep him out of office. They're willing to, you know, uh, make people doubt their elections. They're willing to have an open border. Is there something more that the administration and rhino Republicans are not telling us about uh, Donald Trump? I mean, because if you go on a microphone and on TV and say that he's an existential threat, he's a Nazi, he's going to destroy democracy. Well, it would be honorable to do everything you could to keep him out of office. Sure. All it takes, so you, you don't need any any evidence of that kind of thing whatsoever. All you have to do, especially if you know if you're in the Democrat Party, if you're in the, the the mainstream media, if you're on Saturday Night Live, whatever, is just spew out the same message over and over and over and over again. And eventually, people are like, yeah, you know what? That's right. They, I I heard that before. He is a Nazi. Without any evidence, it's just you say it enough, people believe it. It is uh, nine twenty. Listen, uh, James Langford, a Republican from Oklahoma, he was live on uh, on our show uh, earlier this morning on Fox. Anyway, we could go back to that. Possibly, it was about uh, it was about uh, I don't remember what time it was. A couple of hours ago, when we had him on, and he was unveiling some of these details of this uh, this border bill compromise. Mm -hmm. Uh, talking about how it it does restrict the flow, it does add more judges, it does deport. Uh, let's listen into a portion of that conversation earlier with James uh, Langford, the Republican from Oklahoma, that helped uh, negotiate some of this border bill. Remember what just happened when we had ten and twelve thousand people a day coming across, and this authority is a five thousand authority to say if you get to five thousand, which we've been there every single day except for seven in the last four months, that it completely closes the border down. It deports everyone. It changes the paradigm from right now what the Biden administration is doing is catching and releasing everyone to actually catching and deporting everyone. It literally flips the script on it. I have people saying, well, I don't want to do that at 5,000. I want to do that at 3,000. Say, well, fine, we can do 3,000. But right now, every day we're at 5,000. It doesn't matter between the two. We've got to be able to have something that mandatorily deports everyone rather than actually releases everyone. That's what this does. Some people are thinking that this is somehow like counting 5,000 people in every day and releasing them. That, that's absurd. We change the asylum laws. We increase detention beds. We double the deportation flights. Uh, we uh, add ankle monitors for people that are actually coming through that do these family groups that come through so we can track any individual that when we don't have capacity right. there's all the things that we build into this to make this a much stronger system gaps that are in the law get closed in this structure so you're saying even people who have come through and they actually fit the demand and can get in that counts including people right. that are, get rejected that counts so when you hit That's that right. 5,000 number everything shuts down almost like the stock market when there's too much trading they'll shut it down to the next day and you're saying if this was in place now the border would be shut down that's correct. The border would be shut down. Not only the border would be shut down today, it would have been shut down every single day the last four months, and we'd have been turning people around. Instead, actually, people have been released into the country. If this would have been in place four months ago, we'd have had a million fewer illegal immigrants into our country right now. Also, uh, there's some text in there that says the president does have some discretion to open up the border after it's shut down uh, and, and not go by these rules. Is that true? 
So it, again, we're back to the crazy details of this of people that are throwing stuff in there just trying to be able to attack a proposal that actually closes the border down. Yes, there's a discretionary piece on this, but it's a mandatory close down. They've got 275 days in the next year that has to be closed down. There is some discretion for the president to be able to reopen it, 45 of those. If we have something like a hurricane come through Central America, something like that where we're trying to be able to manage a natural disaster. But it's not like just a random turnaround on this. And I've had folks that have said, hey, the, the Secretary of Homeland Security would have those authorities. So would every president. So would, you know, a, a Chad Wolf in a future Trump administration would have authority. So the, the key thing here is changes the asylum laws, builds more wall, adds more detention beds, adds more deportation flights, uh, changes this 10-year backlog that we're currently in now to weeks before people are actually deported. That's what the bill really does. All right. So the main thing that you got, you believe one of the main things is asylum changes. Now, the criteria to get into our country, you need to do what? So right now, if you walk across the border today, you can say, I have fear in my country, and you'll be released into the country for 10 years. Under this bill, you walk across the border and say, I have fear in my country. They say, prove it. You've got to have a higher standard of evidence. And then they say, they're going to check your criminal record. They're going to say, could you have internally relocated into another place in your own country, which by far most people could? Did you, could you have stopped somewhere along the way right. and actually remained there? If any of those are true, then you're deported immediately. Instead, today, they're going to be released for 10 years under this bill they would be deported quickly on it but not unaccompanied minors and not families they get ankle monitors and get to stay right well they get ankle monitors but they actually go through this higher standard they don't get to stay they go through this higher standard they immediately have their processing within weeks and then they are deported as well uh, the difference is it's very difficult to be able to actually um, uh, hold all of these families in that position so you got to find another way to be able to do it so this bill addresses that right now again those families are released for 10 years in this structure it would be weeks and then they would be deported so people have got to decide on this do i want everyone in the country unlimited numbers what we have now or do we want to have a faster stronger system that we're actually deporting people all right so let's talk about the ngos uh, the catholic charities they get huge money to house and provide uh, and provide accommodations to illegal aliens who are trying to get into this country you put 1.4 billion dollars into this uh, that is an area in which I know Republicans are upset about. Can you want to expand on that? Yeah, it is interesting. I have some folks that are upset about trying to get humanitarian aid to people that are struggling on it. I, I get that. We want to be able to, we're Americans, we provide food and water to people and don't just leave them in the desert to be able to die. But I would also say that aid is also attached to our beds. So here's how we attach these two things together. So to be able to get that economic assistance actually got out, that means the Biden administration, before that assistance goes out at the end of it, that means they've got to add more deportation flights, they've got to add more uh, detention beds, they've got to add more ICE officers, they have to add more Border Patrol officers, right. they have to actually implement these things before those final dollars go out. So those things are attached. That's actually a forcing mechanism to say, right. you want those dollars to go out? you got to actually start deporting people. All right, there you go. That's uh, James Link for the Republican from Oklahoma that helped uh, negotiate this, uh, this border deal, this foreign aid deal. Uh, what do you think? Doesn't really sound like a whole lot of changes, does it? Day. 932 here on the Tide and Oz show. Yeah, you can jump in and join us at 512-836-0590. Uh, Brad Swell is here with us as well. 
Hope you had a great weekend. I let's, did. Thank you. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, Mr. Ryan Alter. I think he's uh, District Five. Correct. And uh, item number twenty-five. He's 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 floating the idea of a climate bond package on the ballot for voters to consider. Yeah. What? Now, now, now I, I would assume that uh, saving the planet's worth a billion dollars, right? Oh, Todd, yeah. he's going to go way bigger than he's going to make a statement. Am I, am I too low? Am I yeah. going too low? Todd, huh? a billion? I don't know. I don't know what he's looking for. I he bet he makes a statement. Replace that B with a T. Yeah, well, let, let's talk a little T. bit about this. It's 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 item number 25 on the Austin City Council agenda. Basically, uh, uh, trying to save the planet from, uh, you know, from uh, from a climate disaster is what he's trying to do. Yeah, That's and it's all, it's all based on the Austin Climate Equity Plan, which was adopted in 2021, which has a goal of net zero by 2040. Okay. Equitably, of course, Todd, don't forget that. Mm. Uh, so they're trying to adjust, uh, address climate justice. Okay. What, what does that mean? What does that mean? It's always, it's such a confusing thing, all of these things, climate, justice, and there's justice this, justice that. It's hard to know what they mean exactly. And the way that it's, I think, a good definition is that all climate-related disparities must be addressed until there's no disparate outcomes between groups. Mm, so, so they're going to fund programs, initiatives, whatever, until, I don't know, if one group has more heat strokes, they get more money? In other words, it never ends. Yeah. Correct. We never get the climate justice. We, you'll, you will never get climate justice. Okay. Ever. Never, ever, ever. Big uh, letdown. Big let right. And so this is all based on the Austin, Austin Climate Equity Plan. We have something like 74 goals listed out mm -hmm. in there, and I think we're only close to achieving like three or four. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're pitching this idea for maybe a climate bond. To do what? I don't know, but progressives are very excited about the news. Ryan Alter's not talking about in details what he wants to do. Well, there's no there's no details. There's no details on how much it may be for, how it would be spent, or of course the biggest detail of all that we should all know is how well the Austin city of Austin spends our money on other programs. Yes, right. before we give them more money, I think we should know that. Sure. But in the draft resolution, there's a some strange language. Yeah, strange, I was looking at language. It. it says. Reducing electricity demand not only lowers greenhouse gas emissions, but also improves the reliability of the grid. Reducing what? Reducing electricity demand. Okay, so... It, but they want to electrify everything. Well, yeah, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. They want to reduce demand. How do you... Well, how, how, do, you, how do you reduce demand? How, how do you make the people stop using so much electricity? Well, that's a great question, Char Todd. Charge them a lot? I think it's, you, maybe you charge them a lot, or, I mean, we hear about smart thermostats. Yeah, they could uh, dive into your home and turn your thermostat down, that sort of thing. Right, and I, you know, I'm reading this, and I'm thinking, I, that well, that's odd. How do you reduce demand? It can't be something like, all right, Patrick, we're going to give you, um, I don't know, a tax break so that you can buy a solar panel. Mm. That doesn't reduce demand. That just shifts the demand over to... Solar. A solar panel. Yeah, I know, but the city's doing everything it can to increase capacity, which means more people living on top of each other. Yeah. I don't know how that's going to save on demand for electricity. It won't. It's kind of working against itself, right? Well, I mean, they, they are doing that density so that more people can live here, right? Right. So demand's going to go up. That's what I'm saying. Overall demand's going to go up, right? right? No matter what. Uh, it also talks about shocks. They, they, they do this because of the recent climate... I don't know. We had some winter storms, right? And yeah. that was bad, and everyone remembers those. They call that a shock to well, the system? Well, they, they said it's shocks in the form of natural and human-driven disasters. Hmm. And I don't know what human-driven disasters happened. Well, that homeless crisis is a human-driven disaster. Yeah. And that it is, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It is a human-driven disaster. So they're, they're just, you know, all of these people, they talk about reducing, client, they, reducing electricity demand, 
They're just climate tyrants. They are going to force you to do their bidding. To They have the solution, right? And they're going to take your money, and they're going to implement all these programs, and you're going to do it whether you like it or not. Yeah. Well, right? think, think of the arrogance of this whole thing. I mean, you know, we're going to, you know, very likely if, if a multi-billion dollar bond package were proposed, the voters would probably say yes to it. They, they say yes. We're going to save the world in Austin, Texas by doing this. But I, In one bond package. But I want you to think about something. China's government has approved the building of more new coal-powered, coal-powered plants than are currently operating across the entire United States of America. The researchers who worked this out said uh, these new coal plants, mostly in places, lots of existing coal power, and are going to provide capacity beyond what's needed to back up the renewables. Otherwise, a tacit admission that uh, you know more fossil fuel is needed as, as you push more toward ele- electrification. Yeah. So no matter how much money we spent in this city, in this state, in this entire country, when you hear news like that, What's what's it matter? It's all for naught, right? Yeah, it's all for naught. What it, does it matter? Anything we do here is is overshadowed by what other countries are doing. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And here's the other thing, you know, your your school district's trying to go all electric buses. So, so, so is Cap- Boston. Yep. So is the city of Austin and Capital Metro. Yeah. Well, how's that going to help with demand for electricity? Well, Ryan the, Alter, the Choo Choo train is also going to be electric, right? You know, and they're mm. talking. There's there's news about that as well, but. I don't know how you – the city of Austin pushes more and more towards electric, and they, they want you to buy electric cars. All this is going to create more demand on the grid. I don't know how they expect you to, I don't know, do anything that they want you to do. Right. Why? Without electricity. You want, you want to meet the demand. You want people to have cheap and reliable energy mm-hmm. so that they can flourish. Yeah. And you don't do that by limiting it. No. Absolutely not. But the, the – L- Limiting electricity means you're limiting everything. Yes, you're limiting commerce. You're limiting, limiting, uh, you know, uh, capitalism. You're, you're, you're limiting. You're limiting the flow of, of commerce. Mm-hmm. And if we have another, if if electricity or heat or whatever, all of this stuff is is gets more expensive, and they limit your demand, how much you can actually consume. Yeah. If we have another winter storm, and we will, people will die. Yeah, because they won't be able to afford to heat their home. Right. I just think it's interesting that he's floating around a bond package. But he's not really talking about the ideas he wants to spend the money on. Well, no, but let's, he, he let's uses... Get, let's get the money, then worry about spending it? Pretty his? much. He uses statements like, uh, you know, it, it, climate change will not wait for us to act. If we're not willing to invest in our future, extreme weather will only get worse. The reliability of basic things like clean air, fresh water, availability of electricity will diminish. And then he, he goes on to say we can choose to invest proactively and prevent the worst impacts of climate change or we can drag our feet. That's about it, though, right? He, that, that's about as specific as he's going to get. At some point, man, the city council is going to – they're going to restrict the, the amount of poop that you have in your home. They're going to they're gonna start restricting things like that. They're going to start restricting what you consume physically, food-wise, food, food wise, where you go, where you travel – that's the only way they're going to cut down on these things, right? Yeah, and uh, item 14 talks about that as well. They So this in this climate equity plan, they talk about transportation and land use, which I think is probably where we got the home initiative. Uh, the number of housing units that they want to be pro- that want to be produced, that they want to make, they want that close to activity centers, so downtown and you know maybe the domain stuff like that. Right. Uh, and so that's probably where the the density is coming from. But item fourteen talks about reducing your waste, 
and working from reducing your waste. Todd, okay, right. isn't like your waste. You hum, mean like human a, waste? You mean like how much trash I? Uh, how much I, trash you produce? Right. It's yeah. not the city of Austin and the employees and their buildings. How much waste? They want you to reduce your waste, and okay. they want to force it on you. Right. And maybe some of these this climate bond money will do that. But the they they <laughs> how much waste do you think they want you to reduce to? Let me think. Let me think. Let me think. I don't know, maybe 10, 20 pounds a day, maybe? 10 to 20 pounds a day? I mean, I got a lot of trash, man. I got a lot of things I'm uh, going through. Yeah, you do got a lot of trash, don't right. you? Right, <clears throat> Well, <laughs> they, want to, they want to maintain a per capita disposal rate of four pounds per Austin Resource Recovery Service household per day in the near term. And in the long term? Yeah. One pound. One pound of, of, of waste. Waste. And that's... that's Per day. That's, fo- that's, uh, that's food clippings and things like that. That's uh, scraps... Anything that you throw in the trash, recycling, or compost, one pound, or or in the toilet, maybe. They're gonna. I don't know how they measure that. Well, listen, you gotta have an industrial size scale. I hit a pound before noon on that one. Whoa, damn! Come on, Woo. that's crazy. Well, they sifted through it in search of COVID back in 2020. I'm sure they could find a way. How can they enforce this? I Woo. don't know. Well, I know in places like uh, in some places in the Northwest, maybe Seattle. They fine you, yeah, and they're hefty fines if you don't recycle or if you put the recycling in the wrong bin. They got people that walk through neighborhoods. Yeah, you don't. Like they rat you out. Trash rats. Yeah, trash rats. Oh, these are these are climate tyrants, guys. It's it's insane. Jeff is checking in from Waco, Texas, God's country. Yeah, can you hear me? Loud and clear, Jeff. Go right ahead. Yeah, I'm driving north uh, from Austin right now. I'm just about headed to Waco. Hey, this is nothing more than a major socialistic program. Mm. Uh, you mentioned it's against capitalism. Mm-hmm. It sure is. It's yeah. socialism. Yes. They want control. Yeah. It's it's climate communism. Squeeze in uh, Jesse. He's checking in from South Austin this morning on the Todd and Oz Show. Hey, Jesse. Hey, how are y'all guys doing this morning? We're great. What's on your mind? <clears throat> well, y'all were just talking about this energy initiative or whatever it, it's the same ironic they they always do it they've been doing it for a couple of years now where they talk about you know when you mow your yard you know pick up your grass clippings we don't want your grass clippings going into you know the drains and the and the watershed and stuff and i talked to one of these wonderful nice community people and i said well that's kind of funny the biggest polluter, if y'all want to say it's polluting, is the city of Austin. Because all they do is you have all these crews. You see it all over Austin and in the highway. Yeah. They mow, but they never pick up the grass clipping. So who's okay. the biggest polluter, us or them? And then on top of it, they say, well, rake up your leaves and all this other stuff. Not understanding that the best thing to protect your grass and it gives it nutrients when it starts to warm up. It's natural fertilizer. So it's, it's they're, they're more they're morons. Oh, they're, they're they're crooks. They're not morons. They're crooks. They're tyrants. They're tyrants. Just trying to get your money is what they're doing, Jesse. Yeah, yeah. I hear what you're saying. For for programs that will not work. Right, because they don't have a stated goal. They don't know what the goal would be if we did spend a billion dollars here and there. What would the impact be? How much? How much would the temperatures rise or, or decrease? Zero percent. Right. Zero point zero percent. Right. 
That's what you'd get from Austin's multi-billion dollar climate bond. Yeah, but uh, Ryan Alter, he's going to push that later this week on the city council agenda. Uh, thank God for that. Well, listen, uh, you could jump in at 512-836-0590. Um, uh, Project Connect, uh, I guess, continues in the planning phase, right? Uh, Project. Are we Connect. ever going to get out of the planning phase? I don't know. It's these transportation corridors and you know trains that don't don't go all the way to the airports. Heck, they can't even get the Zilker Zelfer up and running down there, can they? No. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the latest on this project connects. Well, they're still trying to get. Uh, they're still trying to qualify, and I emphasize trying to qualify for federal funds. I remember when they advertised this to us, they said that they were there would be matching funds. That's right. They they said, hey, come on, vote for this big project. It's going to be amazing. This maze of trains and. Uh, various buses, electrified fleets, and subway subways. Yeah, we're gonna half of it's gonna be paid for by the feds. Mm. Well, they never had it. They don't have it, and they're still tr- struggling to get it. They're still trying to qualify, so they have to change things here and there to try to better qualify. Of course, there's probably never we're probably never gonna qualify because the feds will probably give it to transit systems that are established and successful, like in New York City, where a significant amount of people actually use public transit every single day. One of the reasons uh, the feds are pushing back on Austin, Texas when it comes to this money is they say that our density is not where it should be. And that's how we got the upzoning of single-family lots. Well, that's how we got the home initiative and the equitably, equitably tra- equitable transit-oriented developments, right? And there just increased go. density all over the place. But they, they, they're talking about how the system isn't nearly as revealing as the, uh, you know, the, the maps and the subways that we saw back in 2020, 2021, 2022. Uh, before local officials had to, you know, basically change the first phase of the project completely, they killed the subway. And, of course, we have the the lawsuit against it that's trying to get it, scale it back, get our money back, end Possib- it now. Possibly a vote again. You yeah. Know, let the people decide again since it's completely different than what you voted on. Vastly. Right. And there's, you know, so when you read news news reports like this, and, you know, in the past, uh, I think it was the, the ATP, Austin Transit Partnership, the, the CEO over there talked about, hey, we just sold you a vision and the vision has changed. When you read reports like this, I just can't help but think that they're just giving that uh, lawsuit legs. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're saying, hey. Uh, it's public information. We did a bait and switch on you. Uh, yeah, the, the details have changed. Right. And, of course, they're, you know, they, they, uh, they're still talking about uh, having the trains be electrically powered Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, again, how does that enter into the climate equity goals? I have no idea. How does this work? That's a great question. Yeah, I, It is great. I'm full of them. M- m- many programs overlapping that compete against each other. Yeah. Well, I, it, it's destined to fail. And they they they're part of the pro part of the plan is turning the drag. Everyone knows the drag, your favorite place in all of Austin. Uh, turning into, you know, taking all traffic off of it, just pedestrians, bikes, stuff like that. And there, you see all these mock-ups and, you know, beautiful images that they've created. And there's not one single homeless man assaulting a student. <laughs> Is that right? Not even one. How about that? Not, not even one. one. You would think there would be. You would, If they want to be accurate. You would think there'd be at least a, a machete store right there on the drag. Uh, well, I don't know. Maybe a, a booth on the, on the drag. Something like, I don't know. In the store. That's a good point. You know? You're being a wise guy. But not a single one. Hmm. So that's how I know you're lying. They're lying, right? You know, that's how we know they're we lying. Know they're lying. It, they, they envision a different pla- place. They envision a drag that is safe and peaceful. and Homeless free. Homeless free. Homeless free. They're going to make this area uh, walkable friendly, but they have no plan to get rid of the homeless on the drag. 
Oh, well, you got, if you want to get rid of the homeless on the drag, you got to crack down on a couple of churches, right? Uh-oh. Right? Scientology? No, there's a couple of churches there on the drag that lure the homeless and feed them and give them clothing and stuff like that. That's yeah. the reason they're there. That's that's what I've always heard, right? Yeah. Well, you I got did. the church, you got the arch. You got the arch. Yeah. You got that over there on 7th and 35. Yeah. A lot of resources down there for them. Yeah. It's congregate. like the Sunrise Church, I think, down south. Yeah. yeah. They, they, they feed them and they, they flock. What well, do you know if you... If you support it, if you pay for it, people will come. Do you what? see? Do you see any of these proposals for the the the, the train, the light rail on Riverside, mm-hmm. and how they want to? There are a couple of them. One of them, it would put two trains down the center of of uh, Riverside. You know, with, with directions on either side, uh, and then you'd have on the outer edges, you'd have a bike path, and and people could walk, and there'd be trees and stuff. Or the other option would be uh, you know, to, I guess, to put. Two two rails going on, you know, the one far end, and then you know, every, cram everything. I don't know. It's just it's not going to work. You're talking about putting the the hike and bike trail in the middle of the street. Yeah, that's it, what it is. That's the, it's the, the hike and bike trail I'm looking at. Okay, yeah. in the middle of Rivers. Yeah, put it in between in between in between the road and the trains. Put the hike and bike trail there. That's what it is. The hike and bike. That's trail. the plan, really. That not, that <laughs> that's, pedestrian that's an path right down the center of Riverside, with, within the two train tracks over to the left of it or right of it. Depending I on can't think going. of a better way to enjoy nature than having cars and trains right next to me. That's great, man. Yeah. How do I cross? How do you get there? How do you how get? Do get how, how do you get, get to the middle? Of it? How would you get to the green belt there? That's a good question. Got to trust the cars and the train. You got to go across them. Well, there's going to be a uh, maybe a scooter or a tunnel that I can go. I don't know. How do you do it? You play Frogger? I guess you need a, a, a homeless chaperone. They're really good at that. The Todd and Oz Show, weekday mornings 5 to 10 on News Radio KLBJ. Dr. Mark Malone from Advanced Pain Care on how the spinal cord stimulator blocks pain signals, bringing patients relief at last. And we're able to tune this device to mimic that frequency and essentially block it. I've seen people shed tears of joy in the recovery room when they wake up from their light anesthesia and we turn this device on and they realize their back pain is gone. They cry for joy. Advanced Pain Care at 512-244-4272 or austinpaindoctor.com.